this business helped me to transform myself into a different person and grow a new skill set. But all of this, I actually feel good. I feel it's totally worth it, and actually, be something like I never thought I myself could do it. That was Warren Wong, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. All right, welcome back to Guild Stories. I'm your uh, host that you're stuck with here, Justin Rickliffs. Um, today's guest is I, I've I've gotten to know um, on a on a fairly deep business level and, and gotten to gotten to know him and his team uh, over the last few months, and I'm, I'm really intrigued by what he's doing and what he's building. Um, I, I'm also personally interested in in how this conversation unfolds because his his uh, his background is impressive and yet again I find myself having a conversation with someone who um, is much smarter and more capable than myself so uh, Warren Wang the CEO sure. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> co- co-founder and CEO of Visdom Technologies uh, based in the Silicon Valley you know based in San Francisco can't wait to hear about your team that you are uh, that, that you're leading and the, and the product that you've developed and are continuing to develop. But uh, without further ado, in my rambling, Warren, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thanks. Great to be here. Uh, it's good to have you. I'm, I'm smiling, wishing, uh, as we got going here, I was like, man, I wish life would afford us the opportunity to be in person having a cup of coffee or sharing a meal together. Because I, I feel like I know you well, and it's all been through you know, Google Meets and, and, the, and the digital device. Yeah, it's kind of a new environment everybody has to adapt to. And for myself, it's also challenging given that we are a startup, we are building, you know, customer base, client relationship, but all of a sudden we have to change to this new format, right? Like knowing totally. people, talking to people, even demoing through like video conference, which is uh, quite different like from sitting in the same room, right? And then you can see people's mm. reactions. It's, uh, it's actually a challenge for us, but I think that's just a reality everybody has to adapt to. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, you probably didn't sign up for that part of the journey when you <laughs> when you took this plunge. No, I didn't anticipate this at all, for sure. Yeah. Um, you have a very storied and, and uh, successful past, which we'll talk about, which included, you know, cool stops at places like Google, who most people in the world have heard of. Um, so I would love, if you're open to it, just maybe rewind us kind of back to where you grew up, how you grew up, um, how you kind of got your start from a, a, a career standpoint, and then we'll just, as we always do, see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not sure how much time I have. About you have, my you have as much story. as you want, man. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll try to be concise. But, uh, I grew up in, in China, and, um, and uh, my undergrad is in Beijing, and I worked in Beijing for a few years. And then I, I came to the United States for my MBA education. I went to Duke. Um, so it was always my dream actually to like study abroad, right? Just to mm. kind of myself explore different things. And of course, the culture, the, everything here is, is kind of like a dream for me to experience myself. 
So I went to Duke for two years and uh, MBA education. Then I joined Microsoft in 2005. So that's uh, many years ago. And uh, uh, Microsoft was a very established company at the time. Uh, I was in the finance, FP&A, financial planning analysis department. But quickly after one and a half years, I got an opportunity at Google. So I, I, uh, I had South uh, joining Google in 2007. Um, and I stayed at Google for 12 years. Mm. My, uh, my early years at Google was really kind of very, very interesting. And Google was, uh, even though it's a public company, it was a public company already at that time, but it's still feeling very small and feeling like a startup, right? And then the, everything at the time at Google was kind of very new and also very unusual to me uh, from a corporate environment, right? Everything you heard about a corporation is sounds like different at Google. Like mm. you have free food every day for sure. Now everybody could get used to it, but that time, right? And not just a free food, but really good food. Like every Friday, <laughs> there was a seafood Friday. We have three different kinds of oysters or crabs or sometimes lobsters or something like that. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's very good and. And how the company treat employees, the very transparent culture um, is very interesting. And my role was interesting as well. I was managing Google's PNL. Uh, that's a huge responsibility. Oh my and gosh. as a result of my, yeah, as a result of my, like I was working a lot of things like earnings release, like a board meeting materials, financial uh, materials, like managing company annual planning, and because of my role, I got a, a lot of exposure to company's top management team, including founders, CEO. So, you know, very unique position um, that see, uh, it kind of got an um, opportunity exposure to some like top company level management positions, right? right. So super cool experiences. Um, after a few years, then I, I moved to another team um, and there were some changes of the team, but eventually I was the, I was the head of marketing finance. Uh, basically, I, I worked with Google CMO to manage the, uh, a huge investment uh, across all of Google's product portfolio. And um, that's also uh, take the challenge to a different level uh, in many aspects, but, um, but also quite exciting as Google was growing fast expanding the product portfolio very quickly. You, you can, in your personal experience, you can resonate to a lot of this. There's so many different different types of Google product. Every product poses different challenge to us. Mm. So we had to always constantly figure out how to invest, prioritize investment across all of the products and what kind of return you're getting on that perspective. Um, but, but last year, I mean, after a few years, I think I was thinking about what is my, what I should do next. Right? I was at Google for a long, long time, but what I should do next. Of course, there are three options for me. One, it was the um, internal and uh, another opportunity. The second was the external and another opportunity, probably also in finance. The third one, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur, but the mm. third one, eventually came up to my mind that why not just try something, you know, try my own business idea. What idea do I have? Um, I thought about this and uh, especially related to my experience, I more and more I feel this is more mature 
um, that I feel this could be a great opportunity for for me and also just just in general it's a, there's a there's a lot of potential. So I was debating and debating, talking to people, validated idea, and eventually I found my technology co-founder. That's where I feel, oh, actually everything falls into place and I probably should have started that. So mm-hmm. I made a, a very hard decision to, to leave Google to start a, a kind of totally new journey for myself. But, um, but so far so good. I, I feel very good about my decision uh, and I really enjoy all doing that. Yeah, and we're we're gonna dive into that too. Uh, if you're if you're okay with it, I'd like to camp. I, I can't imagine the finality really of like making a decision to unplug from. I mean, I can kind of relate because I left the Chiefs and it was like a big, mm-hmm. cool, you know, regionally here, like a big cool job. You work for the football team that everybody likes, um, and so like I, I get it to to an extent, like the unplug from something like that, from, from, from the world's biggest and, and maybe most successful company to unplug from Google after 12 years, when, when likely you could have, um, you know, ridden that wave as, as long as you needed to. Um, I, I, and I imagine that was a, a you, you summarized it beautifully, but there had to be lots of kind of internal wrestling matches of like, man, is this the right thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure, that's definitely a very difficult decision for me to make. But also depends on different states. I think when I was at Google, I feel this such a difficult decision. Mm. But now when I look back, I feel this should be some decision. It's actually pretty easy. I should have made that decision a long time ago. I think it's really about what kind of like context you put yourself in. Yeah. And what a perspective do you have when you are making this decision, right? So naturally, when I was at Google, everything surrounding me is this internal environment. And mm. because of my job, I don't have a lot of exposure to external, you know, um, folks, right? I mean, yes, you have friends or something like that, but it's still kind of different. But the number of people I can talk to on a daily basis is primarily internal. And you're always thinking about, oh, this is the best company in the world. Yep, yep. I and I had a, I have very good position. I I was the finance director working with the C level at Google. And what do we expect? And yeah. you've got to pay it very well. And you have built through the twelve years at Google. You have built all the relationship, yeah. connections, reputation. You could work very comfortably in that role, or maybe find an internal role, right? easy, but mm. you could have worked very comfortably making a good amount of money and just continue to go on, right? But on the other hand, I think is that um, the, the the opportunity is also limited in the sense that this is what you can do. You, you, there is a scope of your job responsibility, right? Uh, what exactly? I, I mean, really, something pushed me to is like, thinking about, I think I had an executive coach at the time, and he was asking me like, why did you pick finance as your career? Mm. That kind of question is like, like so searching question to me. At, at the beginning I was like, I had not thought about this. Like, yeah, why? I've been doing this for many years, but when did I start? Really it's because when I, when I joined, uh, when I attended college, I picked accounting as my undergrad. Mm. 
Yeah. But yeah. why did my Twitter account as my undergrad actually is kind of like accident. Uh, mm. <laughs> at the time, of course, I, I don't even know what a company really do, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a good sense of, like, I look at the name of all the majors. I really don't exactly know what they do. I just pick a little bit random, but somehow that determines my career for so many years. Mm. But is that really the thing I want to do? I'm not sure. I think that the questions that keep, keep asking me, that the executive coach keep asking you questions and pushing me to think harder and harder and eventually I realize, uh, yeah, I mean, what exactly is my passion about? Or am I just moving along like, like a car on a, a track? You just follow the track, but you didn't really know what you are really passionate or really want to do, or is this a good fit? I think that really kind of multi- motivate me to do. And secondly, it's also about a belief or for yourself and also about the opportunities. I think I do believe the thing I'm working on has great potential. And then put you me think, what is upside of my current trajectory at Google, right? And what is the other thing? What about risk and, uh, and the return? Is that a good thing? So I did a lot of validation I feel, well, I feel more and more comfortable about that idea. And if I don't take the risk today, until what time or what do I need to take that risk? I feel like I'm in a pretty good position given that I've been working many years. I have a decent saving or whatever. I don't really worry too much about financially, Mm -hmm. things like that, right? So, and then I have done all the validation. I feel like Mm, if I don't take a risk today, probably I probably would never take any big risk. Mm. I probably will regret in five years, right? That also is a big uh, factor for me to to make the final decision. Uh, that's beautiful. I, I'm so glad you unpacked that further because I think, um, it, and I'm struck by your your executive coach who pretty simple question, right? Like not a super insightful or like profound question, but just having someone ask a, a direct question about your trajectory and your, uh, and I use this kind of in my own life a little bit of like, sometimes I was asleep. I didn't know I was asleep, <laughs> but like I was like you, the car and the truck kind of meandering its way through. And I'm like, wait a second, maybe that's not where I wanted to go after all. Like I woke yeah. up, so to speak, through my own set of, you know, friends and and uh, coaches and, and network that said, hey, wait a second, what if there was a different way? And even like, and, and it's a really, for me, it was a, it was a comforting reality, but also a pretty unsettling one where it's like, wait a second, maybe this is, um, maybe the opportunity is bigger and broader than, my mind could have seen without this kind of intervention, so to speak, of a, of a caring friend or coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally think so. That's kind of a lesson I learned from many years, particularly from the previous, uh, from this experience. And I was telling the, like when I was in some like career panels, telling the audience, I was saying the same thing. I said, feeling most people making the same mistakes I, I made before was that um, I work very hard. I also very accountable. I always do my, you know, 
do my best, right, to do whatever in front of me. But I think I spend all the time just just bury my head into the work. Mm. I didn't take time to lift my head to think. Even could it be just a few minutes every day, or think about what is I want to do longer term mm. and why. And if that's my longer term goal, how do I put myself, or how do I prepare myself for that longer term goal? And what do I need to meet the gap of that? I, I, I really feel that's kind of a thing missing for many, many people. Now I look back at my, uh, even many years ago, I feel like, yeah, I was just, I was just doing my job. I'm trying to do a best and do a great job, but I'm missing a vision of myself, what I want to do, what I want myself to be in the future, or what I do I believe I could be in the future. Um, so having remind having somebody remind yourself or maybe even that yourself yeah. remind yourself yeah. that you need to spend some time thinking. Um, that's very important. I feel. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's beautiful and brilliant. Um, so you make this decision. Um, you've got clarity. You're, you're excited, ready to roll. Uh, how did the idea for wisdom technologies, like wh- where did that emerge from? And then tell us more, about what you're up to and what you're building. Yeah. So I was, um, I mentioned in my first role, like I, at Google, I was doing uh, the company-wide, managing company-wide P&L. And uh, that was uh, a lot of things related to the finance system. And uh, the time I was working with, even with Google internal engineers, with the system team to revamp a lot of things. I realized just how manual the process was, or even the system was just just not great. Um, and it was very hard to do a lot of things. At that time, I didn't think about you know the business entrepreneurship. I just uh, I just spent a lot of time to get it done. Um, at midnight, finish this or that. Mm. Never think about you know you can do this in a better way. Later, when I moved to a different role, I mean managing the marketing finance team. That's just even more obvious. I, I, I observe that from different perspectives. Is all the finance processes in in company, even like the Google, you think that it would be very innovative, very efficient. But all the finance processes, I look at that, it's about the same as 10 or 20 years ago, how people do the same thing. Right? Easy spreadsheet. I was joking like, oh, the way you guys are the business partner managing the Spend in the same way as I manage my household modeling spend. Right. It's fresh. You try all the spend. But I'll talk to people, take notes. And then, I mean, but you are managing like a millions, tens of hundreds, of billions of dollars using that way. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime you want to make a decision, it's hard. Information is all over the place. Even just a simple question what is my budget? I don't know. I mean, everybody gives me a different number. I don't know which one is right, which one is, is wrong, and why. Mm. Um, and, and then you, you just see both my team, my finance team, and the business team struggle a lot in the finance part. It could be anything simple, right? Like tracking my operational plan, like financial numbers. What about my POs? They are in different systems. I have to manually pull that into different place. What about actuals? They're very mad. They're very messy. 
all the different lines. Uh, how do I almost that? What about budget? They transfer, they change. What is the real time, the right number? Uh, and we don't even go to the reporting or ROI level because if you don't have the, the basic thing done well, your ROI many times is garbage in, garbage out, right? So, so I just see that um, a, a huge kind of like a pain point for both business and uh, and and the finance side. And I do see that actually that even though there are some solutions in the market of people thinking, people still think about that in a very narrow is that people trying to use the solution in building is actually to some just one process to solve that, but don't think about this a cohesive, a connected way across. And also finance want to build something for finance, business will build something for business. But a lot of processes I believe is cross functional um, kind of process workflow. And you have to break down the barriers between functions to have a process that really makes sense. Otherwise you have, have fragmentation, mm. you still have a different source of truth, right? You still have disconnected processes. Um, that's where, you know, you couldn't have the optimal ideal solution. Um, so that's kind of like um, some thinking ideas I really came from. That's awesome. Um, uh, uh, so many questions, but as we've gotten exposed to you and your team and the and the and the platform and the tool and the the solution you've built uh, in our building, the 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 beautiful simplistic, uh, which is so Silicon Valley and design have like it's just beautiful in the way that you've presented the solution. Like there, there's so many dots that like. I'd love to f- have you kind of expand upon as you went from unplugging a Google, fi- you know, uncovering the idea, um, having a co-founder, launching the business to its current state, which again, I know you're evolving every day, just like we are, but um, that, you know, that, that journey is, and you are such a wise, calculated, organized financial beautiful brain which is the exact opposite of mine um and i just like how did you kind of like attack the yeah we have to find a development team and we have to build a a demo platform like i'm just curious like how you kind of brought it to life um from when once you moved past the hey this is a big time pain and a big time opportunity um yeah, so I think it's more about my kind of experience, uh, also back to the to Google, and also about a vision. Some of the good experience helped me with that is because I was overseeing all of Google's product portfolio, mm. which helped me to think about this idea probably from a very different angle. I mean, in the market, you make some solutions, and many of them is developed by, you know, like the current. Um, system developers, um, they build a new solution for this problem, something like that. I came from a very different background. I was a finance background. I was a user of part of the product. At the same time, I was also working with business partners very close. I understand their perspective very well. And also, I built something internally with the system or the, or the engineers team. Right? So it's actually kind of a project manager role playing that as well. And also, the kind of understanding the system perspective. So that helps. And also because of the Google's product, a lot of the consumer product and also have an enterprise product. 
I see the strategy, I see the design principle, uh, ideas they have for many consumer products, which makes so much sense. And you see the, the evolution or even revolution in many consumer products in the past, say, 10 years, you, you will feel your, the consumer, as a consumer, your kind of experience you know, that with a high-tech product is so much better, right? And so many changes. That actually give you a lot of idea about your like your business product. Like why can you why cannot you bring those mm. experiences or some ideas into this B2B product? Mm. And especially into the finance product, we already saw a lot of things actually bring to the business product, like the a lot of uh, functions they have new uh, product, very beautiful. You see a lot of you know, like Asana, right? When IPO, they were kind of like trying to change how business collaborate, right? Managing project management. You see many other products, like Atlassian, right? There, Jira, all the different products. There are so many things yep. in the market, yep. but with finance, there's, uh, it's still the old way. And many finance system tool is very challenging, difficult to use kind of interface, right? So, I, I mean, the way I look at it, oh, I look at how consumer products are doing this, I feel like a lot of things really we can borrow and apply to the way we design this product. And also on, on, the, on the principle, on the idea, I think is actually the finance process is, is not just a finance, it actually should be both business, finance, and other stakeholders like procurement team or compliance team. And eventually the financial data the owner of financial data is the business team, not mm. finance, right? They should be accountable. They should own the data. And to make that happen, you have to make the system or tool really easy for them to use so that they can get rid of their spreadsheet, use your platform to manage their whatever budget or headcount, their processes, right? That's how you enable this cross-functional collaboration and one source of truth connected workflow, all of the, all of the, um, the things we want to achieve. So we really pay a lot of attention just to see, make this, make sure this is really something that the business partners, they understand and they want to use. And the language, even all the terms are the same language that they're speaking, not a finance yeah. language. Yeah. We, can, we can do the translation back end, but <laughs> right. put it in front of the interface it has to be something they really understand that resonate. Um, so those are kind of very different way we design the product compared probably to those other finance, um, finance solutions. It's super smart. And it's obviously my experience. So it's easy for me to talk about, but even the way, yeah, you got for up uh, for us, you've simplified and, and, and made accessible these, you know, and we're, we're, we owe you data and different things that, that we're still in progress on. But, um, for a for a marketing focused person like like our group is and, and like I am, um, who doesn't who, who frankly kind of gets overwhelmed and like budget to me is a bad word yeah. right which it shouldn't be, um, but I'm kind of like yeah restriction and this and that like I, for me the 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 application and the and the presentation of your your platform is so simple and beautiful and 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 accessible right like I feel like it's just kind of this like, approachable accessible not overwhelming. You know, me, you know, in my chief's days when I'd have to print out the 
the Great Plains, you know, line by line budget, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't even know how to like where to, where to dig in or where to start, you know? Um, so it's super cool. I, I'm also curious, Warren, like two, two things and, and I'll say them both. And then hopefully I'll remember to come back to, to the second one is, you know, we started kind of this, this dialogue, you know, tongue in cheek talking about um, how you've had to navigate the, the pandemic and the way that that ha- has altered work. I imagine that like now more than ever, this opportunity for you to enhance these financial workflows is even more of an opportunity and more critical than than if we were all still sitting around conference rooms and having board meetings. Um, so, so that's kind of thought one. And before I forget it, thought two is around the like, and this is coming from, you know, the Midwest viewpoint here, but Silicon Valley is such a, such a cool and unique place. And I'm, I'm just interested in like, what is the startup scene today, you know, versus what, what, you know, the, in the Google startup days, it was vastly different. So in this era of like high pressure, high capitalized, highly funded, you know, pressure to, to exit before you even have a customer. It's like, I'm just curious what the, um, what the startup scene is like. So yeah, tackle those in any order, but before I forget them, I wanted to say both. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, can you remind me the first? Question? Yeah, yeah, no worries. The the first was just like the 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 pandemic altering both um, your, your launch yeah, kind of plans, but also like I think it's disrupted work in such a way that it, my guess is it's going to provide a really beautiful opportunity for yeah. wisdom to help some of this challenge we're facing in this virtual work environment. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I look at this on uh, um, from two perspectives. Uh, two different time horizons. The first one, short term. Um, I think short term definitely will be a little bit challenging for us. Um, is that uh, just like I mentioned earlier, right? That the, the the way you interact with your potential customer is very different, and uh, getting engaged is much more challenging, right? Meeting in person, I I, I personally prefer that way. I also think that's more effective. Me too. Yeah. Uh, now we have to, yeah we have to do this kind of a virtual ways and. It's much harder, I feel. Um, so that definitely will be more challenging. And also that given the, um, the potential financial head to many companies, they are going to, you know, prioritize their investment to some really top priorities, right? So some of the, they may not have as much budget to spend on new mm. like system tools. So that could be some, uh, challenges for us uh, but but i think that's only short-term type of thing like you said i think in longer term this actually is much greater opportunities it's uh, it's the same as many like offline moving to online like e-commerce type of thing this is just accelerate the uh the adoption of this cloud-based solution yeah um but be quite a few years, right? We don't know how many, but quite a few years. So there's more and more business that get a very comfortable moving their business operations to your online and also to uh, adopt and drive and also educate and also just get used to this new way of work. And there is a way much more need for the business team to understand, to collaborate in terms of all the internal processes, right? Like how do they collaborate? Or you can go to somebody's desk and tap their shoulder and ask questions, talk to each other. 
now it's very hard. There's some company even like permanently move into this work from home mode. Yep. So how to enable this collaboration and more critical cross-functional collaboration, which is even more difficult that you have to achieve, right? So to do that. And also, not just about this collaboration, but also the flexibility, given that there, the, the, the pandemic brings a lot of uncertainties to business. The business, they need to have this, um, the capacity to make quick decisions and the right decision and have the flexibility to change the strategy very quickly. Historical the way, how the finance process is being managed, how the data, how the knowledge you have, given that it's very fragmented, very disconnected with each other, it's very hard for anyone to really have a good understanding of where they are, right? And also difficult for them to make the right decision. Let's just use a simple example. Say, um, at the time when we, you know, we, the crisis started, many companies probably well got, okay, a little bit panic and they say, uh, we need to stop everything we're doing, right? And then we're going to repivot our, uh, our budget. Um, but the first question always the executive would ask is actually, how much do I have or how many project or campaigns do I have for next quarter or two quarters away? How much has been committed? Uh, how much I can pull back uh, and how much penalty I have to pay? Uh, this is a basic question. Right, you right. Make a decision. But then where do you get the information? Your financial system for sure doesn't have that level of information. All this information sits in everybody's spreadsheet. Right, because everybody managing their own operational plan in their spreadsheet. So the way, no matter big or small companies, the way is always the same. The operation or finance folks, they could be put together a big spreadsheet with many, many columns. Right? Each column has some specific thing you're asking for. And send abroad to the broader team, mm. asking everyone to populate that spreadsheet. And then give them a timeline, I respond back. Yep. And then we do not have like constantly have a meeting with them to explain what I mean this, what I mean that, that's, right? That's and so what true. your input is right or wrong or something or this. So you're spending time aggregating information from everybody with all the different levels of quality of data. You aggregate the your analysis, and that could be one or two weeks away, and also means a lot of probably overnight work to many people. Mm. And then finally, have some data that already a week or two weeks already passed. A lot of information already outdated. Right, um, and, and but that's just a business reality to totally. pretty much every company. And uh, but that's that that definitely is not an ideal situation. You would want for sure the executive is like, can I have some real time understanding where we are in terms of both budget and the resources and uh, high kind of perspective, right? How much I committed, all the type of things, so I can know and I can make a really smart decision very fast. Um, to to repivot to change my strategy, that that kind of like, that's just one small example about how um, this type of capacity capability that the business would want to have in this new uh, business environment. So smart, so well said. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I, I'd yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind switching gears, would love to hear, you know, kind of the the boots on the ground. What's the startup scene like in Silicon Valley and how's that experience been for you and your team as you've entered this kind of launch part of your, of your story? Yeah. Well, um, I, 
I, I am a I'm a first time entrepreneur, so my experience so far is probably very very limited. <laughs> so, um, but I I do feel. I do feel that Silicon Valley, I'm not sure about other parts uh, of the world, but the Silicon Valley is so friendly to entrepreneurs. Mm. There's, uh, there's an abundance of resources, whatever you're looking for, um, right out there. So what, are you, what, are you, what are you really missing or really needed is the idea and uh, the way to tell the story. Mm. Right. But there's plenty of money or capital there. Right. They're looking for great projects, right? There are a lot of talents over there. There are a lot of people. They're willing to potentially invest or maybe be an advisor or be whatever kind of a help for you to do it, right? So it's, it's, it really, it's really kind of exciting or interesting. I mean, I, I was kind of lucky. Even I, in my very early days, I got connected to some very... Uh, very, uh, a very well-connected uh, kind of person in Silicon Valley who can probably really get, uh, um, who really have connections across all the major investors, VCs, mm. big startups, pretty much. And he is very interested. He really bought into the vision I have and the business idea I have. And so we kind of are working together, even in my early days, that helped me a lot. But also when I talk to other folks, just like, this is where your entrepreneur has to kick in, like entrepreneurship spirit has to kick in. It's, that, uh, it's a, really about connections, right? So when I was a corporate world, I don't really need that many connections. Yes, internal, yes, but it's different. When the outside is like whatever you can use, right? you can need one person who can introduce you to another, who can introduce another. So this could actually uh, grow really fast. Um, to, it, it, it's more about what you're looking for. Mm. And you can always have, you know, find a way to reach to that person or to that. So that part is more about entrepreneurship, about motivation. But I just feel overwhelmed by the, the, the abundance of the resources that you may have or access you may have in Silicon Valley here. It feels really friendly for entrepreneurs to start that. Um, but, but at the same time, also challenges is also the, just the, um, it, it just builds things up. Of course, it's still difficult. You have, particularly when you're moving from big corporation to this entrepreneur, right. I feel it's right. like two things. Right? A big corporation have everything ready for you. Um, and you just, you just pick it up and you have it, right? But here, startup, nobody's going to tell you what to do. And then nobody's, and then, and then there are just so many different ways. And you have to do everything by yourself to, to pull this together. That's a completely different level of, you know, kind of skill set you have to build by yourself or you have to do. So it's, uh, it's definitely also challenging from that perspective. But that's also, also the source of fun uh, for building things, right? So... Um, but yeah, but but so far it's very exciting. Just like you're meeting all the very exciting people, talking about business ideas, see how they react, and then see how you get connected to the to the all people with different backgrounds, and uh, and see this thing keep growing. So that's exciting. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Uh, I'm smiling thinking about 
you know, the, the way that you framed up the, the, the need and the, the desire for connection and, and the, the, the word you chose to use was kind of this abundance of connections. And I, I love that because I think it's so evident, especially as we move forward in this like weird kind of new work environment thing is like, Hey, it, it's all, it's only going to have ripples if we're like generous and abundant with our mindset and our connections and our resources and our time. And like, even, even the way that you've uh, unknowingly probably, but you've helped me shape like the organization of our business, even in our, you know, Google meets that you probably didn't even realize, like you're, you're spreading this really healthy, beautiful, uh, I've said beautiful a thousand times, (laughs) um, that this really healthy, insight into like, oh man, I didn't even think about organizing it that way. And, 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 um, those connections, you're totally right. Are kind of the, 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 the superpower to this whole thing. <laughs> Cause it's like, it is, it is really hard to, to do what you're doing. It is really hard to think through how to, how to not have the, the depth and resources of a corporate office that you're used to for 12 years. And now it's like, wow, the ingenuity and the, and the, and, and the drive have to kind of figure out how to get it done and, and having those resources at your disposal is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. I mean, you, you know, this very well, given your background, um, in your business. Um, I think for me, I, again, I feel like I learned this a little bit late. Of course it's never too late, but I myself, I mean, uh, so myself, I think is even more important given the business we are doing. This is a kind of two B business, right? Huh. The sales and marketing is very important. The connections are very important. This is different from consumer mm. uh, product. Consumer product, when you're selling to consumer, they, nobody needs to know who the founder is. That's right. right. They, they don't even see it, uh, see him or her. They see the product, right? So who the founder is doesn't matter. But and also relationship, but it doesn't matter that much. But the two B business is very different. So, and also to myself, it's also even more challenging in the sense that I will, I'm a kind of first generation immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. Where the, it, it, it's, hard, it, it's kind of challenging for me to even just to adapt myself in this very different culture, right? Uh, even the language, uh, now it's much better, but you know, language is, is challenging. The culture is challenging. Building connection, building network is challenging for sure uh, for me. And, but I, I believe in, in the end of the day, we really believe in the motivation and the drive. I'm a, I'm very kind of an introvert. Like when, when there is some assessment that I did in college, so I'm a kind of deep blue, right? Kind of like that. Um, but, but as I become an entrepreneur, I cannot be like that, right? I have to really push myself mm. out of the comfort zone and transform myself to really being very proactive to reach out to people. And uh, and also always be comfortable of, of people saying no to me, right? And then, and also just, just to need to transfer myself to be a different type of person to learn how to do DD, how to build connections, how to do this and that. I, I, I think that's kind of like, is something I felt myself is also like, living a, a different life just this business helped me to transform myself into a different person and grow a new skill set um but all of this i actually feel good i feel it's totally worth it and actually 
be something like I never thought I myself could do it, but actually I did. I did a lot of that, right? Um, I, I think that's also another important part about being an entrepreneur that, you know, is really dig into some potential that you may have that you don't know before. But this gives you opportunity or even some extra push for you to, to explore that. Bam, bam. Whoa, that was all. That was so good. So I don't know if you wrote, read that off a of paper, but I'm like scribbling notes as fast. I know you didn't is the point. That is beautiful, man. Um, and, and, and so inspiring because I think the, the, the really true to me, I mean, it's been really the, the transformation and the, the uncovering of myself, really like to get, to get to know these deeper parts of me in this journey has let, let I mean, the client work and the team and all that other stuff is, is, is amazing. Um, but that journey towards kind of knowing myself and knowing a deeper part of what's going on down there is cool, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Every, yeah, I'm sure you are facing a lot of challenges like this, for sure. Like all of us, us um, starting a new business is never easy. <laughs> building a customer is building a team. Um, but yeah, I really believe in motivation. Even when I'm hiring um, new folks for our company, I always I feel the motivation, the strive is always one of the most important attributes that we're looking for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, well said. Um, before we wrap, you've been very generous with your time and your wisdom um, and your insight. I, I'd love to hear, I've heard this before, but for the benefit of everyone else, I would love for you to kind of tell the naming story of Visdom Technologies. Um, I think it's just a really cool, simple way of how you named the company. Oh, the w where we came up with the name? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so I didn't realize actually coming up with the name was one of the biggest uh, uh, kind of a challenge for me uh, in my early days. Right? Um, but the name really came from uh, it's a combination of vision plus wisdom. Right, so that's why you have B-I-S-D-O-N. At the same time, also interesting is actually my co-founder uh, is from Sweden. He lives in Sweden. Uh, so, so actually, my engineering team is based in Stockholm. We have a beautiful office up there. Right? Mm -hmm. So, so the the wisdom in Swedish turned out to be wisdom. Right. Wow. So that's kind of uh, that's that's perfect, and I love that name. So that's how we pick up this thing. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and uh, this, this is all that I believe is the is our product as well. Is I feel we are we are not we don't want to build a small product. We do have very big vision for the for ourselves and also for our role in this in this business environment, right? So we we believe in big vision, and we want to combine that with the wisdom uh, that. Uh, so that we can have a beautiful, a great product for the for customers. So awesome! I, 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 every time I hear that, I, I love it because it's like, oh, in and of itself, the the vision combined with wisdom is cool and meaningful, and oh, yep, makes sense. And then the <laughs> the Swedish tie there, I always I always get a chuckle out of because I think it's so profound and, and, and neat how that story ties together. Um, and it you know it's fun for for us as we're kind of in this still scrappy kind of grow the team mentality ourselves um, 
and Parker on our team, who, who, who obviously you know Warren, but uh, Parker on our team, every time we talk, we get off the phone with you or Mike or Francisco, and um, he, he's like, oh, man, he's like, that's going to be the ne- – that's like the slack for financial workflow. <laughs> he just that, – that's the way his mind and, – and I love it. And, and Parker has a, a really kind of Silicon Valley mindset. He, he spent a bunch of time out there doing VC work, which is cool. And and that's how his 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 – he's just like, oh, man, those guys are going to blow up. They're going to blow up. That, that's the next slack. Like we're going to watch these guys like go on this roller coaster. Right? And, and it's it's really fun to, to hear it directly from, from your mouth. Um, Warren, you, you've yeah. been, uh, uh go ahead. all go ahead. the nice words being very nice to us. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for all the, all the great work. We do, we do hope so, but yeah, we really enjoy working with you guys. I feel like you have been uh, phenomenal in terms of what we are doing and give us a lot of great ideas as well. And, uh, um, and they can motivate us and give us, stimulate us, uh, like think about how we think about the process. And also even like some, how do we do marketing? A lot of great uh, thinking behind this, which is great. Well, we we've been we've been privileged to to play a small role and help and tell the story. And and um, it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a, a blast to to both work with you and then have you help us. Uh, it's been a nice kind of collaborative way to approach this, which I think is kind of the way of the future anyway. So it's cool to to do it in real time. Um, we end every episode with the same five questions. So it's really insightful to kind of get, you know, the knee jerk uh, instant reaction in real time. Um, so I didn't prep you. So uh, intentionally just to see what's a, what's top of the mind. So these are four super easy questions and then a meaningful one at the end. Um, so number one, when it's a Saturday or you're just kind of hanging around the house, what's your favorite go-to t-shirt? T-shirt, keyword. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, like what's uh, your like? You have a you have an old Google T-shirt, or do you have a uh, Golden State Warriors tee? Like what what's your favorite shirt you wear? Just the casual, uh, comfy one. Maybe my 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 Duke um, basketball basketball champion T-shirt in 2010. Uh, that one. I love it. So you're you're a Coach K guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go Blue Devils. I, 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 yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, Duke basketball blue devils, uh, but uh, I totally respect Coach K, but also disagree with a lot of the way he he coached. <laughs> 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 so he shouldn't make this public. But I disagree with a lot of strategies. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, no, he he is a he is a lightning <laughs> rod type of a guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, what's the last book that you either read or listened to? Uh, last book, uh, listen to, um, it's the, uh, connecting the dots. I think also the zero to one actually from Peter Thiel. Oh yeah. Um, that's one. Yeah. I, I, I do actually do, uh, kind of really, uh, kind of respect Peter, like his, particularly his vision and thinking, I feel it's, it's, it's very, it's very good. It's it's brilliant. So that's one. Yeah, he's done okay for himself. That's <laughs> he, <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he's done okay. Uh, that's cool. I've I've not heard of connecting the dots. So I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? If I am not afraid, 
what do I do? I think I'm starting a business. Is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, right. You're doing uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to take out my fear, right, of a failure, or to overcome that to do this. So I think. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well said. Um, what is your favorite place on Earth? Sorry, I didn't catch. What's the What's your favorite place on Earth to go? Where, where do oh, you love to be? Favorite place? Uh, yeah, Hawaii. I think that's a really good place. Huh. We've been there quite a few times, and I still enjoy uh, enjoy it every time going there. Uh, by relaxing and uh, and ocean, I, I like ocean all the time. So yeah, me too. Having that beautiful view right across the ocean is great. Yeah, me too. That's beautiful. Um, when it's all said and done, this is the last one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Sorry, it's broken up a little bit. Oh, sorry. W- what do you want to be remembered for when it's all when we get to the end of this thing? Like, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh. I would want to be remembered. Really, like the thing I'm doing is like I really transform something, like how people work, in a very good way. Mm. Like really make make like people's lives much easier, so that they don't spend time on something too manual. They can really use their intelligence, use their talent on something very meaningful to their business to add a value. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would remember be remembered. Just like, just awesome. like a transformer of the, of the business, uh, how they operate. Man, that's beautiful. Um, Warren, where can people follow along on either your kind of personal story uh, uh, and or the company? Where can people f- find you? Uh, we do have a very basic website, given that we're still young. We are not really being very, uh, we, we didn't put much material on the website, but we do have one is that govisdom.com, G-O-V-I-S-D-O-M.com. At the same time, we also have a linking page, but it's very, <laughs> it's kind of very bare right now. Uh, but we are, we are, we will start probably soon to add some content to our homepage uh, on linking so that there are people can, um, can go there. And also, would be great to connect with me over LinkedIn. You can find find my profile uh, username Warren Wang W Warren W A R R E N Wang W A N G. And if you see many names like that, it's just a plus Google. <laughs> yeah, not not many that include the uh, the former finance director reporting to the C level suite at Google. Though 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 the, the, yeah, that would be a good. Uh, a, exception list that would be on your your resume only <laughs> so um warren it's 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 always a pleasure um but this particular conversation has been a gift my friend and i'm, I'm thankful that you would carve out an hour to be with us and to and to share your story so um thank you and and when folks hear this and then they come back to it in three or four years and they're like yeah i told you that they, they, they turned into the next slack for work <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really thank you for this opportunity to be on the podcast. It's a great time to share the stories, the experiences. Yes, sir. Well, well, cheers. And uh, until the next time, uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, cheers. Cool. All right. 
As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.